Welcome to NFP's Insights from the Experts podcast. Each episode showcases timely expertise and perspective from members of the NFP community, delivering information, analysis, and solutions that address our clients' most significant challenges. Hey there, Mark Ryder, NFP's head of innovation. At NFP, we're always focused on figuring out what comes next so we can better help you plan for the future. I recently had the opportunity to talk with Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco, on their own podcast, The Future of Insurance, Industry Leaders. Listen to hear how we're responding to ever-changing insurance marketplace needs, including how employers can utilize innovative thinking to boost employee retention, what emerging tools and systems employers can offer to benefit their employees, and how these technologies are shaping the future and how we look at insurance from the buyer's perspective today to help them navigate the changes tomorrow. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. I'm thrilled today to have Mark Ryder joining me. Mark is from NFP, a major broker here in the U.S., and we were recently on a roundtable together talking about voluntary benefits, and I thought it'd be a fabulous conversation. So welcome, Mark. Thanks, Denise. Thanks for having me. Good to reconnect. Mark is to have everybody kind of give a little bit of background about yourself, talk about NFP and what you guys are doing in the broker space around voluntary benefits. I head up innovation at NFP. We're a global insurance broker, size roughly 7,000 employees globally, uh, largest presence in the States, growing presence in Canada and the UK, about a $1.7 billion shop, presence in property and casualty, health and welfare executive benefits, retirement, individual solutions. So they kind of run the gamut and, and I'm responsible for heading up innovation in all of those areas, uh, which basically means helping to drive our businesses to rethink the way we do business to better match the needs of the customers and the markets that we work in. Appreciate you uh, having me and, and look forward to having a conversation around voluntary benefits, around distribution in general and the employee experience. We have a voluntary benefits practice here at NFP led by our practice leader, Kim Heald. So we definitely have a passion for VB and also for rethinking the way VB is distributed. So uh, again, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. So, you know, it's it's an interesting time around innovation because I think it's really kicking into a new gear of focus because of a lot of stuff that's happening and changing in the marketplace. And as a broker, you guys are really on the front line of the changing market, but more importantly, the changing workforce. This fight for talent, a set of new kind of younger demographics, whole new financial wellness view about benefits. Talk about uh, your perspective on these market shifts and what employers are expecting to help them meet their employee needs and expectations and what the implications are for insurers and what you're seeing around innovation in that area. Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, every employer is is being challenged with keeping employees. I think it's, what is it called? The great resignation period or something along those lines. So they're more and more, I mean, I think they've always been focused on how to keep employees, how to attract and retain because every employer knows that the cost of turnover of an employee is, is substantial, not to mention the drag on the organization. So I think everybody's been focused, but I think they're even more focused now. And a lot of them have kind of woken up to the fact that they really need to focus on that, uh, I'll call it user experience, but it's also an, an employee experience. It's no longer okay to just, you know, compensate folks and, 
give them a benefits package, but how do, how do we make them feel? What's their experience when they're at the workplace? And I think that then opens up the conversation to what kind of tools are we bringing to the table to support our organization, our employees, and, and what tools do they have at their disposal to utilize to uh, carry out their day-to-day job and to, you know, obviously support their well-being. So when I think about innovation, we think about, uh, we've committed resources to making sure that we're aware and understanding not only the insure tech space around health and benefits, but also the HR tech space and, and the insure tech space uh, from a PNC perspective, not to mention the fintech space. And, and all of those areas, I think we're seeing a, a number of solutions coming to the market that are focused on what I said. They're focused on data, aggregation of data, and they're focused on creating a better user experience, whether it be, again, HR tech, helping them perform their jobs, job safety through HR, uh, insure tech tools, of helping to mitigate risks. Or insure tech and fintech solutions are helping people live a better, better, healthier, more financially stable life. So I think our clients are expecting us as consultants to have our eye on what's happening and be able to be their resource to bring these tools to the table for them to consider. It's a really fascinating period of time. You know, one of the things I find really interesting that you guys have really begun to kind of focus in on is how insurance has really evolved and how we're really moving away from siloed products to really customer-focused businesses. And one of the things that I think in some of the research you guys have done and some of the ways that you're really kind of innovating and bringing a different set of benefits to the table for employers is looking at a broader breadth of, of products, not just the traditional health benefits and maybe uh, disability income and life, but also now introducing other types of life products, but also property and casualty products. In addition, maybe even kind of challenging the perspective about this concept of financial wellness. And that's kind of a little bit more services oriented that ties into how do they kind of manage their overall kind of financial wellness, particularly, I think COVID really brought that up. And you guys have done um, some interesting work around that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, you know, as I mentioned, we have multiple disciplines. Yeah, as we've kind of gone on our journey, our digital transformation journey, one of the main principles was to break down the silos uh, in our business and operate more in a holistic fashion so that we can support our employer groups, you know, 360. And I think that when you look at products in general and how they used to be looked at, it was siloed. You'd have PNC folks that would speak about personal lines and that meant auto home renters. But the only people in the world that know that that's what it meant were the insurance folks. So one of the things we've been really active in is trying to take off that insurance hat and put on the hat of the buyer and try to understand how they would want to be met, how they would be want to be presented with options and bring those tools and resources to the table to, again, meet the person where they are. It's super important and there's huge opportunity if you think about the platform economy that's growing. Everybody always points to Amazon because it's a great example. They used to sell books and they continued down the spectrum to add more and more products to extend their platform as the user experience became better and people were bought into the Amazon platform. The answer is, why don't I just extend this and keep them as a customer and offer them more and more services? And they're now even getting into an insurance space. So I think if we want to point to an area and a concept, it's that platform economy of saying it doesn't have to be segmented by traditional insurance lines that have always been in place, but rather what programs are needed by that workforce or by that employee or by that user and bring them to them in a real frictionless way so they can you know, purchase the coverages when they want them, when they need them and where they need them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think in that roundtable that uh, we were both a part of, 
one of the things that was a really interesting conversation is we were having is we see our voluntary benefits sign up for our benefits for the year. You know, it's all the season right now. Everybody's in the process of doing that. It's really extended beyond that. And I think one of the interesting things that you brought up that was really kind of an eye opener, I think, for others on the roundtable is it doesn't have to be a voluntary benefit product and not even worksite because really worksite no longer exists today. It's, everybody's pretty much virtual. Yeah. It is bringing individual products to the table so that maybe they buy their own individual life policy and it gets underwritten that way. At the same time, you may have a term life that you get as a voluntary benefit and you want to have portability, but I think it's a lot more focused that it doesn't always have to be underneath kind of a group underwriting or a case underwriting type of perspective. You have the opportunity to actually do some other unique things. How do you think that's going to challenge the traditional operating model, you know, that we only have one time of the season to actually do benefits or to offer insurance. And what does that do for technology from your perspective? I hope that people start to think differently, right? It's about thinking outside the box and, and saying, well, you know, what all innovation is about is like pushing the needle of why we do things, you know, the questioning what has happened historically. And we're not just doing things because we always have. I think when you think about the, the demographics in the workforce right now, and the fact that there's in some scenarios, five generations sitting in an employer group, it's kind of really difficult for any employer to put forward a benefits package that's manageable when they're in from a, just an admin perspective that really satisfies the needs of every one of those generations that are in their workforce. So they either revert back to saying, we're gonna put in a standard package and that's that. And when I say standard package, that could include group voluntary benefits as well. Distinguishing the standard package, meaning group versus individual. And they could either, again, put in the package or say, hey, we're going to open up a marketplace type environment and we're going to allow our employees to purchase a plethora of products. We don't want to be holding to the group carrier participation limits. So let's go out and find some individual programs that we can bring to the table through a favorable access and give favorable access, should I say, to the employees and also open that up. So it's 365, 24-7. You know, there's a colleague of mine that has always said, if you were tasked to go out to Amazon and buy your products that you're going to need for the full year from a clothing or food or, you know, whatever perspective, it'd be really difficult to do that in a two week window leading up to January when you want to be at Christmas time and eating cookies. Why do we expect that that's a good experience for an employee to manage all of their insurance needs? It's not. What can we do to open up access to drive uh, participation programs 365? It's looked to different products that will allow for that. And I think the individual space allows for that. It's not to say it's the be all end all. Again, we're still very much focused on group programs and group voluntary programs because you can get some more favorable underwriting under those environments. That might not meet all the needs like the ability to have products available year round. Not to mention, uh, in some cases, you know, pre-tax deductions for some of these voluntary benefits is not uh, relevant. So is it, does it really, do these programs really need to be tied to once a year? And, you know, we're kind of arguing that they aren't and we're pushing the envelope and we're having a lot of success with people, you know, wanting to listen and wanting to test it out. I think that the, the whole concept about, you know, the tax deductible, so much is changing in that whole arena that really kind of forces us all to change about all of those traditional assumptions that we've had of benefits. As you think about all of that kind of change, what are the next technology trends that you as a broker are looking at and that you think insurers should be considering experimenting or investing in to stay on that leading edge, to kind of uh, redefine this kind of new environment? 
Yeah, I mean, the insurance industry is overflowing with opportunities to bring technology into streamline. It's had a bubble over it for the past however many years. There's been proof of concept in every industry around us. So I think when you say, where is there opportunity for technology and innovation? I'd say everywhere from quoting coverages, preparing presentations, delivering them to customers, customer service, et cetera. But, you know, I would think as it relates to you know, voluntary benefits and individual products that were, you know, the topic of the day, I would say two things. One, digitizing the enrollment process so that it's more paperless and more uh, rate quote buying online. Again, user experience, that's what people are used to going on and heck, they can buy houses and cars and everything without really talking to anybody if they choose to these days. Why couldn't they buy a dental plan that way? I, I use dental plans as an example. In addition to that, you know, we're in a data-driven world. Uh, data is more available today than it's ever been. And, uh, you know, there's always controversy around how is data used, et cetera. I think folks uh, don't mind the fact that data is available as long as that data is being used to help them. And how could they help them in this arena? Well, you could enrich your data set so that you're asking less questions of a buyer. You know, we know that they could get access to your address and quite a lot about you if you provided some basic information. So why doesn't an insurer take advantage of that? Go out and streamline the intake processes, which ultimately then impacts the underwriting process. And again, makes it a quicker, better user experience for the kind of rate quote buying process. In addition, same thing with the claims process. How can I help my participants effectively submit claims? Uh, because that's what they buy insurance for is to protect them. They don't wanna be put through the runaround and a massive manual you know, telephone driven process, let's automate some of that claims payment and get them payments quicker. That again, drives a better user experience and better user experience drives more adoption. You've got a unique role from an innovation standpoint, and it's been one of my passions for a long period of time. A lot of companies have had innovation areas. They've had people in charge of innovation, continue to see innovation kind of evolve that sometimes it was really kind of outside the organization. And now more increasingly, it's kind of inside the organization. Talk about what you think the role of innovation is and one or two things really stand out from an innovation standpoint do you see in the market today? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the role of innovation, at least the way we look at it, and you're spot on, I think historically you've seen in corporate innovation, you've seen uh, this separate group of people that might be had a separate office kind of could dress a little different, be a little bit different than the organizations used to. And then the theory was they're going to swoop and reinvent everything. And, and that's why I believe a lot of corporate innovation has failed over time. That's not realistic. Innovation needs to be driven from within. So, you know, my role from a head of innovation, or I believe the role of an innovation executive is to drive change and to be a catalyst for change, but that change has to be executed on by the field. So if you look at my organization here, NFP, I'm the champion. I'm the person that's been beating the drum, but the work's been done by the folks in our development team, the folks within the field, the practice leaders, the people that are executing on a day-to-day -day basis. that are the ones that are identifying the problems and the problems that need to be solved for. That's innovation. How do we get better? How do we be better, right? And digital transformation is just using technology to do that, which then again is taking those tools that exist in the market you know, multi-rating solution, you know, for one example of how can I bring multiple quotes to the table, multiple rating tools using APIs to bring information to the buyer digitally. That's a huge area that opportunity, the challenges, some of the legacy systems don't have that capability, 
but that's why you're seeing a lot of, I think, movement in the insure tech space and these newer players coming into play because they've built their tech stack to enable that. So that's an area that, again, relating back to innovation within the space that we're talking about here, uh, voluntary benefits, we see, you know, API, digital, as well as data enrichment tools that, and, and AI, you know, and machine learning, basically being able to take all this massive amounts of data and make some information out of it to allow us to drive the product to an individual based on what others like them might be purchasing, not based on the fact that I answered five questions that said I might be going to a doctor this year. I might be old decision tools, I think, are becoming outdated. And the newer tools are using data to, to drive my path, not asking me questions to drive my path. And uh, another roundtable that I was part of, one of the things that really struck somebody who was the buyer of benefits was those types of new models. And even in the case of like, say, for dental insurance, instead of the traditional kind of underwriting, mm-hmm. and then, you know, when you have a claim, you pay a percentage of that claim or whatever. It's really you get a pool of money and you just go up against that pool of money and it just makes it so much stri- it's more streamlined and simple. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that, again, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but user experience, user experience, it's, that's what it's about. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So where do you see the future of voluntary benefits over the next two to three years and in general, the future of insurance? Yeah, the future of voluntary benefits, I think it's pretty bright, not traditional uh, voluntary benefits. Like I, when I got into the business, you know, 25 years ago, uh, voluntary benefits were sold face-to-face on a laptop, meeting with a person on their break time, right? So we're way beyond that. Not to say that's not still a channel that's being utilized, but there's multiple channels now. There's self-service, there's call center. So I think the ways in which the products are delivered will continue to expand. I think continue to push more towards, you know, agent lists or, or at the very least agent assist as opposed to 100% being, you know, agent sold. Number one, number two, I think the type of product will continue to change from a, we'll call it a packaging perspective. And we've already talked about this group versus individual. And then I would also say the products in general, I think you're going to see a whole heck of a a lot of new products coming to market that are these more micro products. People aren't necessarily owning houses or cars anymore. They're living in the city and they're, you know, renting, you know, borrowing a car that's sitting over there to use it for two hours, or they're jumping on a scooter to use that for an hour. And these micro products are coming to market to protect that user of that equipment for that two hour window. Or even ensuring, I've heard somebody about there potentially being products that are going to come where you could, if you hop in an Uber, you could ensure your belongings for the two hours that you're going out into the town that night. I think those products are a result of the buyer looking for that type of solution and being a little bit more cautious, but also the ability to sell them in a digital fashion. Those products prior to all the technology coming into play, they couldn't be sold belly to belly, so to speak, because you're not there in the moment when the person's jumping into the Uber to go out for the two hours, right? So it, it would, product would never have existed. And if it did, it's micro. So the premiums are super low in these type of programs. There's no compensation in it. Nobody wants to talk about compensation, but that's the way businesses work. So if there's no compensation and it's not, there's nobody's advantage to sell it, right? Now, because technology is scalable, these programs can be brought into play, can be brought to a user when they need them or when they would want them and create a good user experience and allow them to click a button to purchase it. Embedded insurance is something we talk about all the time as being the next 
method of distribution and in while you're you know checking out of the uber pushing a button where you're being offered this coverage while you're there in that moment going out on the town so i think that that's where we're going to see the advancement of voluntary benefits broad category voluntary benefits uh, moving forward it'd be an exciting time that's for sure it's um, one of the most innovative times um, i've ever had in my career in this industry it's exciting oh 100 100 yeah so i always like to finish up my podcast uh, with this last question if you could pick one word to describe the future of insurance what would it be and why Opportunity, it would be the, the word I use. There's a ton of opportunity to uh, rethink a business model that's been, I'm going to call it somewhat stale for some time. And I think that COVID, although it had a lot of bad things attached to it, maybe one silver lining could point to is the fact that people have become a little bit more open to change. They were forced to change, not, not because it was a nice to have, but because it was a need, a requirement to change, because you weren't able to get out and go to a doctor. You weren't able to do things that so they've embraced innovation and technology as it relates to healthcare and employee benefits and insurance in general. And now it's just, you know, I think it's opportunity for people to rethink and take advantage of a new market. So I, I'll, I'll use the word opportunity if that's okay. Great. I love it. Well, thanks, Mark, so much for the conversation today. A lot for employers, a lot for employees, and definitely a lot for insurers and brokers to think about as uh, the market continues to uh, transform and really embrace a lot of the, the different needs and customer experience focus that it really needs to have, as you were well stated. Well, thanks, Denise. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.